0: Well, we want to welcome everybody to Community Church. If you're visiting, a special welcome to you today. Everybody online, we welcome you as well. Happy Easter. He is risen. risen Amen. Let me read a scripture before we go into worship, because I think this sets the tone. Now, after the Sabbath, As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen. This morning, I think that's all we need to hear before we go into worship. Our Lord our King of Kings died on a cross and rose again so that you and I could be standing here today free from the weight of sin able to join him clean, fully forgiven so this morning can we put away everything that would distract us all the weights of the world and can we choose to honor him so let's just close our eyes let's pray and let's worship him father we thank you so much for who you are we thank you so much for what you did on the cross and we are so blessed that you didn't stay there you rose again and changed everything. And so today we choose to come and to honor the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to give you all of our attention, to give you all of our worship because you are worthy. Let's honor him today. Let's worship him with everything in our heart. Amen? Just take a few seconds and just reflect on what we're looking at right here in front of us. The blood of the Lamb. Right now, I just feel it. Wanting to cleanse you, wanting to move in your veins. Jesus, we just honor what you did. Just lift your voices up to Him. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. You are holy. And I just feel it washing right now as we sing this. Just declare that you love Him. Just declare how holy He is.
1: Yes, Lord, we just stand under the blood today. We stand under the finished work of the cross. And we just we bring our addictions to You. We bring our pain to You. We bring our illness to You. We bring our sins before You, Lord. We bring our um, our depression and our anxiety we bring our loneliness and our shame to you, and we look at the finished work of the cross right now, and we come under the blood, and we just let it wash over us right now. Every person in this room, I just want to declare that the blood of Jesus is enough, that the blood of Jesus can wash over and heal and make whole and redeem and complete, that there is freedom in the blood of Jesus that it flowed down from the cross from the body of Jesus and made us whole once and for all. And we stand under it now, Lord, and we receive. And so I just want to say today that if you came today into this room and you had sickness and you have brokenness and you have sinfulness and you are struggling and you don't know an answer, you don't know a solution, come to the blood, stand under the blood, look at the blood, find the blood, receive the blood, and the soul oh Lord right now we receive we receive the power of the blood in the room today. We receive the power of the blood in the room today. I want to declare that it is finished. 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 It is finished, it is finished today. He has overcome. He has overcome. Come and receive the ministry of Jesus Christ today. Come and receive the ministry of the finished work of the cross today. Come and receive the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Come and receive today.
2: Okay, I'm going to try and stay in the pocket here because there's something that God wants to break out as revelation. Some of us are not in that place where we're feeling the victory and we've got everything that we need. and We're, we're, we're in a spot that's hard. And what the cross means looks like, it's different depending on where you're standing. A week before Jerusalem, Jesus is explaining to the disciples, the Son of Man must die, and they're like, whoa! Uh Uh-uh. Totally rejected it. After his death, the morning of the resurrection, Weird rumors start happening. What do you mean the stone's gone? What happened to the guard that was in front of the tomb? And it it starts to trickle in. and, And you've got to start deciding, what does this mean? And I heard the Lord say specifically this morning, the place of your need is different than the place of faith. If you camp out in the place of your need, he might come by there and rescue you if you are absolutely stuck and there's no hope. But if you have a shred of faith... He wants you to get out of the place of need and go to the place of faith. Okay, back that up. The woman with the issue of blood was at the edge of the crowd. She had to break the law to go through the crowd to touch his clothes. That was illegal. That was a crime for her. There's no religious precedent to... If you wish to be healed, you must go through the crowd. You must bend down and touch. There's no precedent. She felt in her heart a faith. If I just touch the hem of his garment. You've got to move into the place where his faith has appointed. Do this. What is holding up a big red chiffon do? Nothing unless he said to. If you're at a place where you're in need... You've got to change locations. And that's the tension that we've been feeling in worship all morning. There's people that are just rocking. They're like, yes. They're standing in a heavenly place convinced. They're in the throne room going, yes, he's risen. There's no doubt there. There's some of us that are on the outside going, I hope he's risen. Change locations. I guarantee you. Look around the room really quickly right now. Just look around. Strangers, people you might know. There are people in this room right now that have received healing, that have received miracles, financial miracles. There are people in this room that I know of personally that have heard the audible voice of God. There are people in this room. Get to know some folks. You never know what God might be doing. Change locations. Get out of your comfort zone because faith is in a different place than where you're comfortable he's not impressed with you staying in your comfort zone and having a snit because he won't show up on your terms he bought and paid for you so change locations do what he said that might mean you gotta do something a little weird something outside your comfort zone What what if you had to stand up on a chair in here and worship the whole service What if you had to go march around a civic building because the Lord said, I want to do something at the courthouse. Walk around a building. He sent people to walk around things before. The whole point is not, what is the right religious observance? It's, what is he saying and I got to do it? And that is individual to each of you because he wants you on a journey moving out from where you are to where he is. So when something opens up in worship and you start to feel a bit of a, Ooh, do something. Move to the front. Do something. Respond to it. Sing louder. Clap. Something. You have to agree with it when it's happening. If you feel somebody's praying something, that you might have to jump up and go, yes, you're instructing your body and your mind. I agree with that, so start doing it here passivity and doing nothing will do nothing it will accomplish nothing you must move by faith faith and works or else it's dead some of you know this some of you don't there is a man in this room with a testimony of raising the dead it's real it's real it's real it's real he's alive he's alive it's available to anyone Change your location.
0: You know, when he came up to me, one of the things he said to me earlier in the service is we just have to learn to respond from the place of victory. Of knowing what he's done for us. Not having to convince ourselves that he did it. He did do it. That's who he is. Amen? That's who he is. Kim, come on up.
3: You ready? Thank you. What a weekend! Thank you. What a weekend. You know, I come up with fear and trembling because this has got to be one of the most difficult weekends to preach. Because it is so... Where do you start and where do you end? Welcome to the greatest weekend the world has ever known. Yes! Amen. Oh, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. And you know what? Shouting and jumping and dancing and running isn't subject to just when there's worship. Now, why do I say this is the greatest weekend in the history that the world has ever known? And I'm not talking about this weekend. Although I think it's going to be really good because we got an awesome turkey dinner after church. I mean, that's pretty good. but, But that's not what I'm talking about. And I think you guys know. There's a life in us, the spirit of God that has to be worshipped. The, the, the life of Jesus. It just has to shout out or the rocks are going to shout out. Amen. Amen? Amen? You know what happened on that, that weekend? Sometimes we focus on one focus on one thing that happened: the cross or the resurrection. But you know what happened on that whole weekend? The Lord's Supper? That was, that was the same night that Jesus went to Gethsemane where he suffered uh, immeasurably. It's where he brought his disciples. Then where he was, he was whipped and beaten for us. This is all for us. Where he then died on the cross and then he went to hell. This is all one weekend. This is like, a, this is like one big weekend, man. I'm telling you, this is one big weekend. But then a, a few days later, resurrection happened. But it, before the resurrection, it says the earth went dark. The whole earth went dark for five hours. Wow. Like things that have never happened before. The earth shook. An earthquake shook the whole earth. There was, there was his, historic documents stating that when the, when the crucifixion occurred um, in Jerusalem, it shook Everywhere in civilization. There was his there was testimonies of earthquakes everywhere. Wow, what a weekend. What a weekend. Then the then the resurrection happened. Oh, I forgot this. The veil. You know what the veil means? We were singing that song. Do you know what the veil means? The veil was the symbol of of the uh, the separation between man and God. And we couldn't have entered the presence of God because of sin. And so there was this veil in a physical representation, but it was the spiritual significance. And, and it says it was torn right in half. Wow. It was just torn right in half, saying, no more. We have now access. Access granted. Have you ever tried to, you know, get in, you forgot your pass Password. And you know, 500 times and you're getting, ah! And all of a sudden, access granted. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. We have access. This is all on the same weekend. But then on the third day, resurrection, the sun, it said, shone brighter than the noonday sun. And it started something fresh, brand new. Did you know the captives were set free? You know, when Jesus went into hell, it says he, he, he suffered for us, separation from, the, 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 from his father for the first time ever. That was the greatest um, sacrifice that he had to do. But he also preached to the captives, it says. He preached to those who were in hell. And then on the resurrection day, it says there's witnesses that saw dead men walking. People rising, raised from the grave, I don't know, it doesn't say how long, I don't know, a year, two years, five years, who knows. But there was dead men, that were raised from the dead, walking around, visiting their families. Think of this, this is all in one weekend. An eternal hope of all mankind was realized that day. Now, is there ever a time to shout? I give you permission to shout. I give you permission. I give you permission to dance. Amen. Woo! Yeah. Lord. I give you permission. Am I allowed to give permission here, pastor? I give you permission to jump on the stand on the chair. Just don't break it. You break it, you bought it. That's the general rule of thumb in Guatemala, because people break their chairs all the time there. (laughs) I'm not joking. They'll get get so excited, they'll jump on the chair, snap, because they're the cheap plastic things. So so the general rule of thumb, you can have all the fun you want and shout and clap as long as you pay for the chair. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. I'm excited. I want to talk today about substitutionary atonement. A big word. Substitutionary. Anyone know what that means? I hope I do too. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. This is one of the, this foundation, without this foundation of substitutionary atonement, all the other doctrines, all the other theological theories are moot point. They don't mean a thing unless the substitutionary atonement actually took place and we actually walk in it and live in it and understand it. Amen? And it's all about this great, amazing weekend. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So I used to do this. See, in Guatemala, we have these cheering sections. I'll have one section that yells, Amen! Except in in Spanish. Amen. And then the other ones go, hallelujah. And the other ones go, gloria a Dios. Cristo vive. Now I feel like preaching in Spanish. (laughs) Gloria a Dios. Oh, let's see, there I go. Um, But what is substitutionary atonement? It's literally the substitution of one person for another. And not, not figuratively speaking, but literally. In other words, absolutely taking the place of someone else. And, but not just that, but they taking your place. It's a complete switch. There we go. Okay. And to, to explain substitutionary atonement, now, to me, I, I would say the majority of Christians really don't know the understanding of what the atonement really is about. And yet it is the most important thing that as a believer that we need to know. Because it's everything. In a a quick, easy nutshell, it's that Jesus paid for our sins, he died, and he rose again, and he gave us eternal life, and we're born again. Amen. How many know that one? Okay, let's get into a bit of the meat, though. Amen. Oh, there, I love it. Glory to you. Where's the hallelujah section? There we go. Gloria. And then where's the Amen group? Okay, very good. We're getting there, dear. We're getting there, babe. <laughs> Trading places with God. We're no longer our own. Because if we've been paid for a price, we're not we're not ours anymore. So here's the substitution. When God says, I need to, in order for for God and man to dwell together. See, God wanted a family. I say this all the time because everything comes from that. When God decided with Jesus and with with the Holy Spirit, he said, I want a family. I want children. I want children. And then when you have children, you say, why did we want children? (laughs) Right, I think God sometimes thinks that too. Why did, why, why did we do this? No, <laughs> nothing but headaches. No, but God wanted a family, but there was a problem. God is a holy God, and He's a God without sin, and the sin and imperfection cannot be in the presence of God it, it's impossible right. the moment any darkness even comes into the presence of God it's expelled it's just gone right. that's why the moment Satan there was a, an imperfection pride started to rise up poof he's out of there because it cannot dwell into the presence of God so God says I have a problem you see I want to make children in my own image and I'm not going to do, I don't want to dwell on that whole thing. Uh, that's a whole nother, h- other uh, message. But so the only way he could do it was to have a, a complete substitute. And he, there's the Holy Ghost looking around. God's looking around and they're both looking at Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, what do you think? And he says, yeah, I'll do it. I'm willing to pay the price. So what it meant was Jesus had to take our place So God says okay here we go Now God wasn't fooled he knew what was going to happen He knew sin was going to come He made man in, in his image imperfect But he knew what was going to happen But he had the plan ahead of time Right He knew it well ahead of time And that's why he said don't worry I've got a plan His name was Jesus And so when the time came He, 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 he died on the cross took our place. Amen. Now ah, I'm missing a point there. I just lost it there for a sec, but the, it'll come back. But the, uh, the, the substitution was, was, um, not just a temporary thing. Right. See, this is where we sometimes think, Oh Jesus, he paid, he came on earth as a man for 33 years and any, and any, he, he, he suffered for three days or so. And then he, he rose from the dead and everything was hunky-dory and everything was back to the way it was again. No. substitution Substitutionary atonement is eternal. It never went back the way it was. So you see, that's why whenever Jesus appears to people, he's appeared to me twice. And both times, the first thing I saw was the hole in his hand and a blood stain on his garment whenever he's appeared to anyone, go read any story of any person where Jesus has appeared to them and they'll say the same thing. Every single one. Because it was an eternal and forever substitution. But it works the same way. But because of his substitution, we are now a man God. He was the God man, but we've become, it says, able to come into the presence of God as children of God. Of Almighty God yes. sons of God yes. but it doesn't just end there but now he says not only that but he says now he is forever our substitute he is forever our our the blood of Christ has covered us forever and that's why we say it's not by works it's not by anything that we can do because he's already substituted himself for us. All we have to do is to acknowledge it, accept it, and live it. Amen? Yes, that's right. But that's only half the story. What about the other half of the substitution? What if, I, what if Ben and I decided we're going to trade places, trade in places? <laughs> that's a scary thought, right, Jenna? No, ha, <laughs> ha. Ooh, no. <laughs> what if all of a sudden I become Ben? I don't I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could handle that hairdo, but no <laughs> you can pull it off, buddy, but I don't know about me, no. <laughs> but if we just completely substitute it and I'm Ben, whoo, I love it. I can sing, I can play guitar, I can sell houses, all kinds of stuff. Talent I can I can I know how to write a what do you call that thing? Paint, skateboard without hurting my, killing myself, you know? Been there, done that before, when I was 16. Never again, no. <laughs> Amen. But what about Ben? He's, he's got to take my place now.
2: <laughs>
3: Better start learning Spanish right now, dude. <laughs> you see, it works both ways. So now that's what we call the vicarious life. Because in the substitutionary atonement, the Lord says, I've done everything for you. I've literally taken your place. Therefore, you don't have to st- struggle. You don't have to worry, but we still want to worry. We still want to struggle. We still want to try and do it by works. We still want to think, oh, Lord, if only. It's like you shared that about like uh, the need. We have to change our, our thinking from need to faith. It's by faith we take hold of these promises. Amen. Yeah. Because of what he has done for us. But now, he says, the shoe's on the, 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 on the other foot. And now, it says, we live the vic- vicarious life, which means actual substitution on our part. Do you understand that? It's taking the place of another person to act as their substitute. So now God says I've done it all for you. Jesus paid the price. Everything that you can think of, every worry, every fear, every stress, every sickness, every illness, every need has been paid for in full. Yes. Complete 100%. Now how you receive it and take it and live walk in it is up to you, but it's been done. It's been done. Yes. What are we going to do with it? Nice. But now, he says, but now, this is the hard. I don't know who's got the harder part. Now you've now you got to be Jesus. Whoa. You're living with Jesus? <laughs> I know. Well, you're living with Jesus too, though. Wow. Think of that. That's scary. Yeah. Do you ever get mad at Jesus? That'd be a, t- that'd be a hard one. <laughs> Think of that. We are Jesus says as as he is so also are we on this earth. Now how can Paul be so bold as to say that? Because he understood the substitutionary atonement and a vicarious life that we are called to and that we have been given. And Paul addresses this in Ephesians so beautifully. He tells he says because of this he says we are to now live a holy life. We don't live a holy life so that we can be. We live a holy life because we are. Yes. That's it. That's right. And he says, so now be holy as God is holy because you're Jesus wow. on this earth. Wow. You don't take his place in heaven. That's, that's different. There's another whole other topic. But it says, while we're here on this earth, we are Jesus on this earth. We're to go forth and to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. This was, I can't remember who wrote this, but, but yeah, it was a, a theologian. But he says, Christ's agony in the garden is unfathomable by the finite mind, both as to intensity and cause. It was not physical pain nor mental anguish alone that caused him to suffer such torture as to produce an extrusion of blood from every pore. But a spiritual agony of soul such as only God was capable of experiencing. No other man, however great his powers of physical or mental endurance could have suffered so much for his human organism would have succumbed and would have produced complete unconsciousness and welcome oblivion. Wow. And when Jesus was, was, was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to his people, he said to his disciples, his 12 disciples, he said, um, I want to go back and kind of visit now this substitutionary atonement it started at the Lord's Supper it started at the Lord's Supper because he gave us a hint of it right there before it was ever done he says take my body and take my blood but now when we turn it around it says now we are his body Amen. but then he went to the that same night he went to the to Gethsemane a garden and he took his disciples and he said watch with me he didn't say watch and pray he said watch with me not watch for me not look out for the guys I'm going over there he said watch with me and they failed miserably they fa- anyone here ever failed <laughs> feel like a total failure when Jesus told you to do something Yep, every day. (laughs) And that's why I visit the cross every day. Thank you, Lord, that you've already substituted your place. That's what this weekend means. Thank you, Lord, because when we fail, we go back to that place and we say, thank you, Jesus, you've already paid it. it. And we recognize that. And then Jesus went in and he started to, that's when he started to really suffer. That's when he started to take on the pain and the sin of the world. And he, and he, the, it, he it, there was a, a condition that's called, it's extremely rare. They say in absolute extreme moments, uh, this condition occurs is when you're, you actually sweat blood. And it's, it's a hematidrosis. It's a big word. But it's very, it's caused only by extreme stress and, and complete nervous th- failure. Complete. And he took that upon ourselves but you know he did it so that we never have to do it. So there's stress today. It's his. Cast it on him. So good. If there's fear today, cast it on him. We don't have to pay for it a second time because he's already covered it. And he said, watch with me. That word watch with me is called, is Gregorio. And it's a very, very military term. And he's saying, we're in this together. You see, he didn't say, watch for me, or you watch. He said, watch with me. Together, we're in this together. He's with us always in this moment from this day forward. When we have the the spirit of the living God living in us, Christ in you, the mystery from the beginning of time that the prophets of old couldn't comprehend it. They couldn't comprehend it. It was swayed to beyond any, any wisdom of man until Christ died and all of a sudden a veil was torn and we were able to enter into the presence of God and receive the wisdom of God.
2: Wow. Thank
3: you. And all of a sudden that mystery became knowledge and understanding to those who love the Lord, to those who have, have, have substituted with the Lord or whom the Lord has substituted with us, I should say, actually. And it's that Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory isn't your hope because you already have it. It's the hope of glory for the world. Amen? It's the hope of glory for the world. So we've got this, this calling upon our lives because of this incredible weekend. And then when he comes back, he comes back and he sees them all sleeping and, and he looks. And you know what the very first word he says to them? I love this. This is now the son of God. What? That's literally what he, what are you doing? Have <laughs> you ever had Jesus say that to you? I've had my wife say that a hundred times. <laughs> it's like, but Jesus, again, is another, almost the same thing, but, yep. Yeah. But But when you say, What are you? That's literally, go read the actual Greek word. What are you doing? Didn't I tell you to watch with me? Yeah, we we were doing it, but just with our eyes closed. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, It's okay. He woke him up. You see, Jesus came, he woke him up. He saw him sleeping, he didn't leave him sleeping. He says, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? Good. I was going to slap you, but now that you're awake, now that you're awake, (laughs) what are you doing? And then he says, then he changed his tune. He said, now I want you to watch and pray. Watch and pray now with me again. Are we watching? Now the word watch was that military term. This is what we're called to do right now, people. We have a, this job at hand is watch. And, and it's not talking about watching the news, not talking about watching the world events, which we love to do. And then we from there, we seem to pick and choose what the, what the, it means prophetically. No, he yeah. says, Why? yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we tend to do, isn't it? Yeah. Right. That's what we tend to do. But he says, no, he says, watch with me. Yeah. Do you hear what the Spirit is saying? Do you hear what the Spirit is doing? Do you see what the enemy is, is, is co- doing? And then you come with me. That's right. yes. And we destroy the works of the enemy. It says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Yes. Yes. To do what? Destroy. To destroy the works of the evil one. Yes. And now he's given that job to us. He says, it's your job. I love destroying things. I don't know about you. I love destroying things. Ask my wife. When I was a, teenage, a young teenager, before she didn't really know me back then, but I would make bombs and pipe bombs and got our own gunpowder. Okay, the what do you call that? The uh, seven-year law of... Statute of limitations limitation. it 's over, so i could I could share this. we would blow up um, um, uh, yeah. me, me, I was just kidding. we blew up a few mailboxes it was pretty cool until it was on the news, and we realized that maybe we shouldn 't do that, so we went in and started blowing up culverts instead, and we started doing other things and, and anyway, I got cured i won 't explain that right now, but i 'm limited for time here, so But I want to carry on. Why did I share that? I can't even remember. It was, it's kind of, oh yeah, destroying the works of the enemy. I love it. We got to, we got to have that in us. I think Jesus got a kick out of casting out devils. You know, like we do that all the time in Guatemala whenever there's honestly whenever there's someone needs devils cast out they come to me i don't know why am i that scary i don't know <laughs> so we just go cast out. now there's a lot of people that need devils cast out here but it's just not as as people seem to want to live with it a little bit more that's all you know <laughs> i don't know about you but i don't want to live with those things God. amen God. so we need to enjoy destroying the works of the evil one because jesus did that's why he came that's my job. Can I have an amen? Where's the amen, amen corner? Amen corner. Hallelujah. Amen. Gloria a dios. Amen. amen. I want to share a story. It's because of this atonement, but sometimes we think we still have to pay a price. Sometimes we think we still have to have to earn it. That we that somehow we're not worthy. Why is that? Yeah. Because it's the man, it's the flesh that keeps saying, you're not worthy, you, don't, you can't do it. Why should you be healed and him not? Why should you be blessed and, and him not? Why should you, you uh, uh, um, live a, a victorious life but him not? You're not worthy, you didn't do anything for it. And we say, you're right. <laughs> I'm so blessed, I didn't even have to earn it. I just had to receive it. Amen? But we still have this problem. Honestly, let's be truthful. I have this problem. I still was oh God. I wake up in the morning. Why? I don't know if I should I can't do this. And then I then I smack myself. Or let my wife hit me. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She might want to, but she doesn't. I'll let Paul come and hit me, slap me. I'll call you up. Paul, come and slap me. Because I'm I'm feeling unworthy. Whack. Well share a story of the cross. So Jesus it's hanging on the cross, and there's two thieves, right? And I can just picture this story of the, the, the one thief who five minutes earlier was cursing, I mean, he, was, he, was, he says he's, he deserved dying, right? But he recognized Jesus didn't deserve to die. He didn't know him. He didn't know anything about him. He didn't, you could have asked him, he says, well, what, do, what do you think of the justification by faith and substitutionary atonement? What? Never heard of it. What never heard of it. And all of a sudden he gets to heaven. And there he is in heaven. Just just there he is. All of a sudden, one, one minute he's on the cross, next minute he's in heaven. And and uh, you know, the guys come along and they say, Who are you? Oh, well I'm I'm I I, I don't know. I, I was just on the cross. I'm not even sure what I'm doing here. He says he says, Well, how did you get here? He says I don't know. And they start saying, well, says, who let you in? Who let you in? And then they start acquiescing them. They say, well, do you know anything about the, the uh, substitutionary tone? What? Do you know anything about justification by faith? He says, what? Never heard of it before. What about, what about doing good works? He says, what? No, I've been a thief my whole life. I've only, all I've ever done is steal, rob, cheat, defile. And he says, why are you, what are you doing here? And he says, I don't know. All I know is the guy on the middle cross told me I can come. I got shivers. That's all I, I mean, that's all he knew. All I know is that guy, I didn't really even know him. I knew his name was Jesus, but that's it. And he says, I can come. And I said, oh, thank you. And all of a sudden, here I am. Right. We're yeah! all. Oh, I love it! Yeah. We're all that guy. We're all that guy. Right. We get to heaven, and we say, "What am I doing here? How did I make it? Yeah, that's right. How did I make it? Yeah. It's like the. It's like the, the that Irish fighter guy um, on Braveheart, and they were in the in the they were in the battle and and he talked to God all the time. And and then the one guy and the one guy and I won't be quite what he said exactly but but he says he says so what did God talk to you about the, the battle the war today? He go, "Oh yeah. Oh yeah." And He says, "What did he say?" And he says, "Well, I I I'm good." He says, "I'm going to make it." He says, "But you're you're no n- don't think so." <laughs> he didn't say it in quite such a nice term. But but we're, we, we put ourselves in those positions at the same always. So when we get there, we're going to go, What? why am I here? Oh, I know. The guy on the middle cross told me I can come. Wow. Yes. Yep. That's all we have to know. So good. Yeah. That's all we have yeah. to know. Yeah. Except. Amen. 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 Gracias, hermana predica la palabra hallelujah there's a golden tether and actually the lord showed me this when i was preparing a golden tether you know what a tether is yeah. it's a rope so it's like a rope but it's tied from attached from a permanent attachment on one thing tied to another and it's this and i saw this golden tether attached to the cross wow. and it's and then and then it's attached to our our soul our our, our spirit and when the storms of life would come and all the uh, attacks of, of, of the enemy and, and the, the waves and, and fear and doubt and worry and everything you can imagine would try to tear us apart off of this golden tether that's attached to the cross but it didn't have the strength to do it. The only thing that could cause us to be unattached is if we untied the knot. But it was forever attached to that cross, to that atonement and that sacrifice that he made for us. Nothing on our end that we could have done that to deserve it or to say, uh, to, to, to change his mind. It had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with the father wanting a family. Yes. And wanting children to be able to come into his presence and sit on his lap That's so good. forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And nothing on this earth or in this world or in the spirit realm could, sh- could shake us off of that golden tether that was attached. Except the storms of life would come and, and cause us to-, 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 to be in fear like it was with Peter and cause us to-, to think, oh no, and take our eyes off of that cross and look at the cross and say, no, that's a permanent attachment. It's forever there. Amen. Amen. But that, you see, the, and I feel the tether, t- you see, the other side of it was us, but we're on the earth. God's, God's in heaven. And while we're on this earth, he says, now that golden tether, he says, that the, the, the spirit of Almighty God and the, and the power of Almighty God flows down from the cross through that tether and into us so that we become Christ on this earth. Yeah so that we can shout and say, thank you, Lord. Yes. Gloria a Dios. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. But then we go and we proclaim that gospel to others. Yes. That's what made Peter change from one day to another, where one day he's denying Christ and the next three days later, he's, or 40 days later, he's in the, in the, the middle of Jerusalem proclaiming and shouting yes. the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 And thousands come to the Lord. Yes. And what's any different from him to us? Amen. None. None. Now, I got a part two to this, but I'm not going to have time. I didn't think I would. But let me just say just one quick caption, and then I'll be done. The part two is because of this great salvation and because of the substitutionary atonement and because of the vicarious life that we have chosen... Meaning, being Christ on this earth, we also have an obligation. And that is to be holy, to be righteous, to live for him, to be for others to they see Christ in us. Just a couple quick scriptures to tell you. If indeed we've changed places with him, it's by faith that we take hold of what he has said and what he has done and what he did and what he's told us we can do. It is by faith we take hold of those promises. Those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. The only way you can say that is if that substitutionary atonement actually occurred and we are now sons of God. We are now sons of God. Wow. So if we are sons of God, we'll be led by the spirit of God. That's an obligation. That's that's a, a duty that we have because of the great sacrifice Christ did for us. You know the story of the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud in, 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 uh, when the Hebrews went through? And it says, whenever the spirit, the cloud did move, they moved. It says, if it goes to the right, you go to the right. If it says go to the left, you go to the left. If it picks up and goes, you go. If it, if it stays, you stay. That was a a type and a shadow of the Spirit of Almighty God leading and guiding us today because there's that golden tether attached to the cross that leads us, guides us, grabs hold of us. We don't have to be afraid. He will never let go. Amen. 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 Because since we have these great promises in 2 Corinthians 7, it says, let us cleanse ourselves because... Let us cleanse ourselves, not cleanse ourselves so that, so that we can get to heaven, but because. Let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. There's an obligation, people, we have as a church, as believers that the world can see, and they'll see the change. They'll see the difference. And they're saying, "What is it about you, Gayleen? There's something about you. No, it's not the color of your hair. It's not the way you dress. There's something about. What is it? Have you ever had anyone do that? Come be up to you before? I have. I know others that have been on air. I've been on airplanes with a couple unbelievable men of God, and literally a dozen people will come up total strangers in the airplane half from coming home from Jerusalem to Guatemala and there was a dozen people came up to this one man that I, we brought who's just one of the most wonderful men apostolic men I've, I've ever known a father to me think of this a dozen not just one but a dozen would come up to him and, and they, they couldn't resist they go who are you? who are you? There's something about you. I can't get my eyes off of you. Can we say that? We should. We should. Because the same God, the same Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also dwells in your mortal body. But because of that, our temple is holy. Because of these things. And he says he's filled us to the fullness. To the fullness. Ephesians 3.19. I'm just giving a real couple quick things. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It surpasses knowledge. Don't try to understand it. (laughs) Don't try to comprehend it. It surpasses knowledge. It's only by the Spirit that we can comprehend it. That we may be filled to the fullness of God. Why? Because we took His place. And we are now Christ on this earth. And we walk in that authority and in that power and in that dominion and in that calling. He traded places with us so that we can eternally be with the Father but we have the obligation to be Christ while we're here. Amen? Amen? Some of you, the Holy Spirit's been trying to use you for so long, and you, you're like that donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Am I allowed to call guys donkeys? If, I, I say this all the time. If God can use a fool like me, he can use a donkey like you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. No eehaws. <laughs> But do you remember when Jesus said, hey, uh, three, three of the disciples, go and, there's gonna be a donkey and he's gonna be tied up. No one's ever ridden him. You know what that means? Yeah. Go try and sit on a, a horse that's been, any cowboys here? <laughs> Anybody ever tried to, to train a horse or, or uh, break a horse? Yeah. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can know you. <laughs> yeah, how many want to try and do that? Eh, no, thank you. And donkeys just as bad, if not worse. Never been written. And Jesus said, go and I want you to untie that donkey. You know why? <laughs> and if anyone, he says, well, what? It's not ours. It's not ours. What, what, if we, what if the owner comes out and says something? He says, just tell them the Lord has need of him. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Don't say, don't add other words. <laughs> don't add a, Don't put your own little things in there which we always like to do. Well, the Lord has need of him. Oh, and by the way, you know, it's like, you know, it's not really worth much anyway, you know. Don't put any words, just say what the Lord says. Be led by the Spirit. And so he says, the Lord has need of him. Well, some of you are like that donkey, bucking and screaming and kicking when the Spirit of God gets on you and and he wants you to go and do something. And you're like, no, it's uncomfortable. I don't like this. Ooh, it's got quiet here. But instead, hear the words of the Master, hear the words of Jesus. Why? Like this is what we say. Why? And then the Holy Spirit, because the Lord has need of you. That's right. Wow. So let's remember the guy on the middle, the guy in the on the middle cross said, I can come. That's all we need to really know. And the Lord's saying, the Lord has need of you today. Because if not you, who? If not you, who? If not now, when? Right? So let's make a purpose today to honor the sacrifice, to honor the atonement. And let us go forth from this day on, shouting the victories, shouting the glory of God, being Christ on this earth. If we have to give up some things, we gotta give up some things. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we all know, or do we need to prophetically divulge it? Aha. Oh, I see something. Ah, no. No, God doesn't do that. Only when when we allow him to. He's he's not that, that way. But he wants us to voluntarily do it. Lord I recognize this I'm putting it at the cross where's that where's that oh it's gone that red cape that's when we put on the red cape I'm covered by the blood covered by the blood because of that because of that Lord I'm gonna I'm gonna because I know I gotta be holy I gotta give up some things I gotta because it inhibits you being Christ on this earth Amen. Amen. God bless you all. <laughs> Don't forget to pray for, Gu- for us in Guatemala. Amen.